Be Coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant, located at 1515 Southeast 17th Street Causeway in Fort Lauderdale. Here, you'll feel part of the yachting tradition of South Florida as you experience the Boatyard's hooked-table, seafood-eccentric menu with fresh catches listed by name of the fisherman who caught them. The Boatyard's open kitchen is also known for premium grilled cuts of meat and a menu that's sourced from local ingredients. Sit inside in modern nautical-themed rooms or dockside and watch the boats cruise by as you enjoy lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch. Monday through Friday, the locals know that the Boatyard's happy hour is the best place to gather for bar bites and handcrafted cocktails at great prices. And don't miss out on Ladies' Night every Thursday. Call ahead to book your reservation today at 954-525-7400. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Captain Jeff along with Stephen Busaka in the Lunker Dog Studios tonight. Welcome to episode number 65, 68, 67... Have we done that many so far? I can't remember exactly. Oh, my gosh. But I probably, well, in the title, I'll put the correct one. But yeah. anyway, thanks for tuning in tonight. <laughs> Steve, thanks for coming over. Thanks for inviting me over, man. Well, first cold front of the year. Everybody, you know, it's kind of nice jacket you got on, by the way. You too. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't have a jacket. Long sleeve shirt. Double t-shirted. Double t-shirted. I got my. That's uh, old school. Well, I got my layers on considering, you know, I freaking broke. 70 this week yeah broke 70 that means them flats are going to be getting pretty cold them bonefish are going to be heading for deeper water about this time huh oh like you know something i'm learning something (laughs) you know how i'm learning something because i've actually had people in my life that have been actually teaching me something well well everybody thinks they know something but what if the bonefish think like in a totally different way like everybody thinks oh well it gets cold out so they go you know they go to deeper water well, maybe they just know that all the tourists are coming down and going to be hunting for their asses all winter long. So maybe that's why they go to deeper water. Touche. Right. I mean, if you, yeah, that's right. actually a good point. I, I want really to see somebody at the Bonefish Tarpon Trust come up with a theory like that. Is there even a theory like that even I, out there yet? I just, if not, I just made it. And what's, what's to say that that theory is not any better than theirs? What's to say it doesn't hold more water than any of their theories? Well... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I agree. I agree. But let me tell you, them redfish are probably going to be popping in the sheep's head. The sheep's head are definitely rolling in with the cold weather. They're just like the tourists. I told you I saw um, I saw some sheep's head on the flats when I did a fishing trip last Tuesday, you know. That was pretty damn cool. I know you want to bring up the bonefish that you caught, Busaka. Uh, listen, I'm holding back. I promised myself I was going to hold back. I wasn't going to get giddy. My time for being giddy was out there on the boat. And I got giddy. I mean. Let me let me let me let me let me help you then. Okay. Start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Who did you go to Isla Morada with? So I went on a trip down to Isla Morada with Captain Mike Alfano for chasing silver charters. No, no, no. I thought you brought a new buddy with you that had never been bonefishing. Oh before. yeah, my buddy Alex. He's from Jamaica. Okay. So He's six six. He had never he had never done game fishing before. He'd, no game fishing for Alex. Never. He'd, he's only used to going on boats and catching, like, snappers and stuff like and that. And Alex is from Jamaica? He's born in uh, St. Elizabeth, Jamaica. And how old is this guy? He's 28. All right. When did he come to the United States? Gosh, I want to say he was, I think he said he was 13 years old when he came here. So yeah. He, so he's pretty Jamaican. Yeah. I mean, he was there until he was a teenager. Yeah, dude. And then he came over here. Because I know a whole bunch of Jamaican kids over here. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like their dads that came over when they were 13. And then they were born here. Oh, no. He's like, yeah. re- that's real Jamaican right there. And he'd never been sport fishing before. And he had never been sport fishing before. And the only reason that we went out there is because he told me that he wanted to do. He was like, because we had a day off. And he said, why don't we go fishing? I said, yeah. I said, where do you want to go fishing? He's like, well, I want to go fishing the Keys. And um, he was like, yeah, you know, we could just fish off the bridge. And I was kind of like, you know, I don't really want to fish off the bridge, you know. And he was just like, well, I but mean. hold on. At, at work, were you guys, like, talking about yes. fishing? Yes. Oh, yeah. And he would, what, tell you fish stories and stuff yeah, like man. that? Yeah, man. That was how we bonded. And he, and he hunted, too, in Jamaica okay. for wild hogs. And I hunted for wild hogs for many years. And we both loved jerk chicken. So you guys were talking about the whole bonefish trip. At work as a strategy. It wasn't even it didn't even really start out as a bonefish trip though. That was the thing. The bonefish was kind of extra. 
So you guys are just going to go to the Keys or do something? Yeah, we were just going to go fishing, and he had told me he wanted to go to the Keys. Okay. And I said, sure. And he was like, yeah, we could probably just fish off, you know, the, one of the bridges or something like that. And I'm not really into bridge fishing. And he was like, I mean, well, do you know any guides down there? Are you really not into bridge fishing? Not really. Are That's you, like how I am with pier fishing. I don't like fishing on the pier. I, I, and you don't like the pier? You don't like the, I think I just think you don't want to run into a Gorman. <laughs> No, I just I'm not really into the um the element that hangs out on the pier and the bridge. Are you looking down your nose at bridge fishermen? Not at all. Fishermen? Not at all. I just it's <laughs> I don't know, I just I get bored in that kind of setting. You know I, I get I can't sit still. So me on the pier and me on a bridge just sitting there waiting is not very not really good for me. My legs start to lock up. I got the bad feet like you, so then my plantar fasciitis starts kicking in. You know, it's just not a real pretty sight. You still got plantar fasciitis issues? Yeah. On you know, off. mine's gone. I know. You always kind of rub that in my face, man. Well, I mean, dude, I, I've been telling you just to wear, like, the New Balance. What do you got on there? What are you wearing? These are boots. Yeah. They got good support, though. Yeah, so good that your plantar fasciitis is still there. Everything hurts with this thing. It doesn't matter what I wear. I had to go get an MRI, but that's a different story. I'm telling you, like, I wouldn't even go to the grocery store without my New Balances on. See, I tried the New Balance, though. I didn't like them. They hurt my feet more. Oh, my God. Maybe you don't have plantar fasciitis. Well, we'll find out. I did the MRI. so Maybe you got, like, like bone spur or something down there. We'll see. But that didn't stop me from bone fishing. All right. So. (laughs) So, anyway. You and Alan. Alex. Alex. All right. On your way down to the Keys. What time did you get up and go in the morning? Dude. So, you well, I mean, I told, so I called Mike, and I was just like, hey, you got anything available? And he said, yeah, I got the 12th. So I said to Alex, I said, you down for the 12th? He goes, let's do it. We both got up at 3 a.m. that morning. Okay. And we hopped in my truck, and we flew down there. We got to Isla Mirada about 6.15. We were set to meet Mike at 6.30. So the timing so was perfect. you left Fort Lauderdale at what time? Woke up at 3 a.m., left at 4. Okay, so you left Fort Lauderdale at 4, and you got to Alamorada on time at 6 a.m.? 6.15, and we were supposed to, he was picking us up at 6.30, so the timing was perfect. <clears throat> so we <clears throat> so we get down there, he rolls on up. and You guys didn't get, like, Dunkin' Donuts or nothing? Nope. You guys just went straight there, no coffees? I don't drink coffee, and neither does he. We brought some sandwiches for lunch, but that was about it. Dude, you got to understand something. Like, when I'm about to go fishing <laughs> like that, my appetite disappears. I'm like running on pure adrenaline. Like I barely even slept that night because I was so excited. I, th- that's the only thing that I that I got to do in the morning. Well, there's two things I got to do in the morning. Coffee. Right. I got to do my coffee. And um, then there's another thing that I do in the morning that you guys probably did that you're not bringing it up. Which is? I mean, it's a little personal. Take a shower? Well, go to the bathroom? There you go. Well, yeah, I mean, we went to the bathroom, too. I mean, you got to get up first thing. I mean, if you're going to spend the whole day on the flats and you're going to spend two <laughs> hours in the car and all that, you got to, like, prepare for that. You can't just be jumping in there without... Oh, yeah, no, there was stuff that went in between that. I mean, I had to, you know, fill up. We had to get gas. <laughs> we had to put ice in the cooler. Deodorant? Deodorant, brush our teeth. You still doing Old Spice? N- am I doing Old Spice? I think, yes, I am doing Old Spice. I told you I got a good deal on uh, Right Guard, right? I know you like your right guard. No, I actually, I, I mean, I used to like right guard, you know, as a kid. And then the other day, I saw two for ones at Win Dixie, and it was like two ninety nine. So for a dollar and a half, I got a whole stick of right guard, which I would have done right after coffee and then the bathroom, and then it would have been right guard, and then I would have got in the car and picked up my friend. He drove to my house, okay. so he had to get up even earlier than I did. Whoa. So, but we were so excited, it didn't even matter. So we rolled on down there. Mike came and picked us up, and and I and I, you know, I, I did exactly what you told me, which I just said, listen, Mike, I said, what do you what do you think is going to be our best bet? And he said, let's go to the Everglades first. Slow he down, said, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Explain to excited. the audience, right? Yeah, you're all fired up. Slow down. You should have seen me on the boat, dude. Yeah, but but realize you got people listening here. I know. So me and Busaka would would talk. Because, you know, Bazaka won the, the trip in the Lonkercon um, prize. So he was going down to see Mike Alfano in the Isla Mirada to do a bonefish trip with his buddy. So we would strategize, and Bazaka reached out to me. And he says, dude, what do I, you know, how do I talk to Mike? And I simply told 
<laughs> I simply told Busaka, I was like, just uh, tell Mike to tell you what to do and exactly. don't suggest anything. So therefore, Mike from Jason Silver would just kind of do what he would do on that day. And whether it was catching triple tail or bonefish or whatever, then you would get he would get the right experience with Mike. And this is the this is the thing I, I I've grown to love about Mike, uh, and I think this is this kind of goes into his uh, Sicilian heritage like ours. So you know I asked, and this is the same thing that happened the first time I went with him, where I said he said to me, "So what are you interested in catching?" Hold on, I gotta stop you again. No, 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 don't stop me this time. Okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> so. The last time, the first time I went with him, when I won the trip, and he did this again this time too, he said, so what do you want to catch? Okay. And I did what you told me, which is just say, listen, forget what I want to catch. You just tell me what's going to, where are we going to have the best luck? Right. Now, Mike, as the tenant, because Carl won't do this, Mike will kind of throw the question right back at me and say, well, it could be anything so that it's up to you. And so it kind of ends up in one of those situations where it's like, so what do you, so what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. What do you want to so do? So you guys are playing just, tennis. Basically. And, and then we finally were laughing. We we're just like, okay, let's just, let's just see how it is tomorrow morning. And then we'll decide. So I said, deal. Okay, now you can stop me if you want. No, I just was in, I didn't know, like, you were talking about Mike Sicilian? He is. All right. Did I tell you that the Meat Eaters podcast was talking about the... Italian thing like you like to talk about all the time? You mean like we like to talk about all the time? No, you. you always no, 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 we. Did this is a we up, thing. Did you bring up the Italian thing today? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like you like to bring up all the time. So, but anyway, I'm listening to the Meat Eaters podcast, right? And uh, those guys are funny and stuff. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, they start going back and forth with the Sicilian to Italian thing. What? Yeah, they were going back and forth with that. And I'm like... Did they? Did they? They let, ripped us off. Do you think they're? No. Well, you got to think they are on the same. They're on Waypoint, just like we are, though. So I mean, they have access to listen to us. <laughs> we own that. Well, you like we. That was our thing. I I just didn't know if you knew that they were doing the Sicilian Italian thing over on the Meat Eaters podcast, but they were. I didn't. Now, did they? Now, let me ask you this: Did they at least do it justice, though? Was it funny? I don't know. I mean, it was, I mean, yeah, it was funny, but I don't think they were like, you know, like overly into it like you are. You mean like we are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's actually interesting, though. I want to go back and listen to that. I'm interested to see because I can tell. I'll probably be able to tell if they ripped us off or not. Hold on. Let me see what episode that was. But, um, I mean, I listened to those guys, and they're fucking funny. I had no clue. The, the guy, the one guy that, that is the whole, like, the main guy. Is he Italian? I guess so. He sounds a little so redneck to me. I never even thought about like knowing if he was really Italian or whatever. But yeah. So you know how many Italian rednecks there are? Uh, uh, Bleeding Out was the name of the episode. What's the guy's name? Which guy? All of them. What are their names? I don't know all their names. Oh, because I wanted to know if they were Italian or not. Dude, the guy was obviously Italian or he wouldn't have said it. But I had no clue. And I think his guest was Italian or whatever. I had no clue that he was Italian because when you listen to their podcast, you know, they're always talking about hunting and eating shit. And I mean, it's like real redneck stuff. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't really think for a second that, you know, that he'd be like doing the Sicilian discussion. But then again, what do I know? Joey Argento. And look at Taylor DeFusco. Well, but Joey Argento, he's up there. Um, you know, upstate New York. He's almost Canadian for crying out loud. He's he, so far up there. He's, I think, more Italian than we are, honestly. Right, and he's in the Italian <laughs> conversation. So maybe the Medina's guy didn't rip us off or rip you off, I should say. I um, see you. Well, you had it there for us. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, yeah, almost, I almost fell over when I was listening to that on my jog today. I'm going to have to give that a listen because that's pretty funny. That's yeah, awesome. It is kind of funny. Shoot. So anyway, but so yeah. So, so we, you know, so we got there that morning, and I said, "So Mike, what do you think?" And he goes, "We're going to hit the Everglades first, He said because um, the redfish have actually been tailing, and I was kind of excited because I was like, "Ooh, you know, that's going to be kind of cool." I've seen tailing bonefish, but I never fish for tailing reds, right? You know, so we went out there to this, um, and and you know, the drive out there is like worth it right then and there. I mean, it's like glass out there. The boat ride or the car ride? The boat ride. And the car. Well, the car ride, not so much because it was pitch black. We were heading down there. But, you know, I mean, the boat ride, we see the porpoises and all that stuff. How, long, how far have I run? How long you were on the boat? 
to get out there was probably about a good 30 to 40 minutes just so, to get to the glades. Okay, so you were, you were taking a good 45-minute boat ride. Oh, yeah. No, it was spot, at least right. 30 minutes. I mean, it was, but it's beautiful out there because it was like glass. You know, so we went out there and, you know, immediately started seeing the Reds tailing. And, you know, Alex, this was his first time even experiencing it. So he was kind of like, whoa. And I got to tell you, for all the times we made fun of Reds, I was like actually kind of impressed because they were a little bit trickier to catch than I thought they were going to be tailing. (laughs) Well, no, just because it's like I was kind of under the impression that like as soon as like they heard me coming by with the – because we were using little flukes. Right. As soon as they felt that vibration, they were just going to kind of lift their heads up and come right towards it. And that don't happen like that. Well, too, the only reason we ever even make fun of people that fish for reds is because we don't have reds. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Like, literally, everybody else has them except West Palm, us, and Dade. I mean, way to hell down in Dade, you could probably find a few, but not many. No, but what I mean by that is, like, that's not a legitimate argument, making fun of those dudes that uh, catch redfish. I mean, red fishing is pretty freaking awesome, dude. It's I was just having that a blast. we don't have it here, so we <laughs> so we so our our only resort is to make fun of everybody right. who does have right. it to we make us feel better about ourselves. Right, we can't compete. It's like, all right, how many spots did your snook have on it? Yeah, well, no, those how many red... stripes? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so, so yeah, the redfish, all right. It was we were seeing some nice reds out there. And I got to tell you, I was getting my freaking, I was getting humbled out there. They were crushing you? They were crushing me, and Alex ended up hooking up on the first red. I was real proud of him. He got a nice one, too, probably about maybe four or five pounds. Because remember how I didn't say inches. I saw you give me that look. I made sure I said, I'm not about to, I'm not about to say inches. Good for you. So, um, yeah, he, he, and it's funny because Alex's face, he was like, he said to me, he's like, Steven, I'm like shaking right now. He's like, dude, he's like, that was awesome. And mind you, just to put this in perspective, so, you know, we're on this little skiff. Alex is six foot six, and he, he's not heavy, but he's just, like, solid. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, we all had to be very kind of careful when we maneuvered around the boat for the weight distribution. Right. That was, that was an event in itself. Uh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with having like, I know you are. flats partners that are huge. Remember I pulled around the big Bursa man for years. Yes, you did. And, yeah, that's some bitch. Oh, yeah, but it was funny. Mike would have to be like, "Okay, Stephen, you go in the front of the boat, or then you sit in the middle, or you know what I mean." Like everything had to be kind of coordinated carefully. But anyway, so he he got his first red, and he was like, "Dude, he was like, that was awesome." And I was like, "I told you," because he was a little skeptical about game fishing. So, did he want to eat it? Um, no, not really, actually, because we were actually planning on going for either snapper or triple tail to eat. So we let that red go, and then, you know, I bombed another bunch of reds, and I was actually, like, thinking to myself, like, dude, like, and then we went to another flat. So I'm tailing again. So, so, so you never, you were just blowing them one right after another? It just wasn't coming together, and then I'd have a perfect <laughs> setup, and then it wouldn't eat. And I literally was actually thinking to myself, like, wow, I'm literally about to get humbled by redfish. Like, I, this is terrible like i'm gonna get back and jeff is just gonna like <laughs> never let me live this down like you could catch bonefish but you can't catch a red really hey so you know lo- uh, make the long story a little bit shorter we finally after about three hours we finally went to this oh well actually and then we tried doing the snapper and the triple tail and that just wasn't coming together and I kept saying to Mike, I kept saying, yeah, you know, maybe you want to maybe hit some of the mangroves and we can get some snook. Because I'm like, dude, I got to catch something on this trip. No, He's you like, weren't. Yeah. Did you really start doing that? Well, I just was kind of implying. I was just like, After- I, didn't say, no, I didn't say that. To him. I just said, yeah, you want to try hitting the mangroves? And he was like, did- no, 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 no. He goes, let's go and hit another flat. You did do that, you son of a bitch. I did. And then we went to another flat. After all that time. In discussion that we talked about, and I told you just to roll with the guide. Well, no, I was merely suggesting. You, yeah, exactly. But anyways, he didn't listen to me, thankfully. <laughs> of course he did Thankfully, didn't. he didn't he's listen to pro. me. He's a pro. And no, and he was, no, because he's persistent. He was like, because he said to me, he goes, oh, no, no, we're going to get you a red. Like, he had more faith in me than me. And that's one of the things I love about Mike. But I was actually kind of losing faith in myself. I was kind of like... Man, like I don't know if maybe I can't do this. Like this is not really coming together. Like, dude, do you think Alfano didn't know what was going through your mind? 
Oh, he 100% did. He like, knew. I know there's, a, there's like a Sicilian thing where you're it's kind of in sync. It's not a Sicilian thing, dude. <laughs> the guy's taking hundreds and hundreds of people out fishing. And he's watching what's going on. Oh, no, he knew. And he knew. He and knew. he's like, okay, hold on. I'm torturing this poor kid. We're going to change friggin' spots. We're going to try something a little bit different. And it'll probably come together. Yeah. Well, but we changed spots. But that was about it. Everything was still kind of the same. You kept blowing them? Well, no. So this is what happened. We went to this other flat. And, you know, the sun was now at its peak. So now I was able to see a little bit better in the water because we went to this one flat that was a little bit clearer. And, you know, and I saw one. I saw because all of a sudden Mike goes, look at this wake. He goes, what is this? It was a red. He goes, so this is what you're going to do. You know, he told me to lead it on. You got to reel it like right in front of it. And then you twitch it twice. So I did it. And he hit it. And I was like, I'm like, dude, I got it. And I got it in. It was a nice, like, a five-pound red. I'm like, dude, I finally got my red. So we let it go. Actually, no, that one we kept. Actually, that one we kept. And then all of a sudden, it was like something clicked in my mind. All of a sudden, it was like one after the other. I started whacking. It was, and it was the best. And all of a sudden, my confidence went back up. And I was just like, wow. Like, I can actually do this. And I was having a blast. I was having so much damn fun. And I felt bad because Alex then was struggling a little bit. Dude, you guys didn't have no snacks or nothing? Oh, yeah. No, no. We had sandwiches. But, dude, I was too fired up and catching reds to eat that sandwich. What what kind of sandwich did you guys have out there? I went and picked up a a sub from Publix. Not a chicken tender. Yeah, I just got a Publix sub. Publix what? Uh, It was turkey and cheese. You got turkey and cheese? I got turkey and cheese. What did uh, Alex? Alex get. Same exact as me. So you guys just went out there with turkey and cheese plain like that? No, I put like lettuce and olives and green peppers on it. And what was Alfano eating? He either had a sandwich or a wrap. I can't remember. What, yeah, it was either a sandwich or a wrap. And then he oh, and then he had like a like a thing of tuna, I think too. Cause that's weak. That's weak. We didn't have carambola. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of weak. I mean, like. Well, had- let me ask you a question. What is considered proper eating etiquette on the flats? I mean, it's not that. I mean, yeah, everybody can eat what they want to eat, but I'm just saying, you know, some stuff is more bland than others. Like identical turkey subs from Publix. Well, I put mayo and mustard on mine too. That's 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 bland. That's bland. What else would you recommend on it? Well, I'm just saying that. Personally, I wouldn't do Publix sub. What would you have done? I do. I'm, I'm different. I only I only eat like like bits and pieces out there. Like carambola. Like, well, right now carambola because my tree's full of them. Like yesterday. Right, I'm out there, and uh, it's kind of cold out and stuff. So, you know, it's not like a, you know, a hot day. But like on a hot day, I'll bring a banana. Right now, carambola, star fruit for people who don't know carambola, um, an apple. I get those um, honey crisp apples. They're big. Oh, those are good. And they're good. And that big giant ass apple like that. And then, you know, when my grapefruit tree or whatever's got grapefruits on it, then I bring that out. Or mangoes, then I bring that out. And then, you know, but um, I, don't do, I don't really be doing whole subs. Well, that was the thing. We didn't even eat the whole sub. See, the thing is with me is when I get all fired up like that, I don't, I don't really have much of an appetite, but I knew I still had to eat. Well, my clients bring all sorts of shit. And I had a dude from Texas the other day who brought a bag of beef jerky that was insane. Like I love beef jerky. Dude, this this guy's bag of beef jerky was like I mean literally <laughs> two pounds. Are you serious? Three pounds. Was it good beef jerky though? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even like it. It was more like beef. There's no real jerky part of it. Like you just ate it and it would just dissolve in your mouth. Like there was no chewing on it. It was like it, salted beef almost? I don't know. A lot of the like the beef jerky that you get nowadays totally blows. And it's like Dude, the There's best. no jerky part of it. It's like it's soft. You just eat it. But anyway, this guy from Texas brought a bag out, and um, he didn't even open it up, but he put it in the cooler. And then when I'm cleaning up later, I picked up this bag of beef jerky, and I'm like, Jesus, like I've never seen a commercial bag of beef jerky like this huge. I, I, I'd, I'd love to know what he paid for that son of a bitch. He didn't eat it. No, he didn't even eat it. Really? But I mean, like, I'm thinking, 
It's damn near ten bucks for that little sorry ass bag that you get in Seven Eleven, whatever that beef jerky is. Oh, um, oh, I eat it all the time too. Um, Am I right? About seven bucks, eight bucks for that thing. Yes, and there's like maybe yeah. a few pieces yeah, in there. A few Jack pieces. Links. Yeah, and there's a few pieces in there and stuff, and that's like eight bucks. So I'm thinking that this dude's bag of beef jerky was probably twenty nine bucks or something like that. Maybe he got it from Costco if it was that big. I have no clue, but I've never seen bags of beef jerky like that. I wonder if that's like an upcoming trend or if that's like a Texas thing. Do you still have it around? What do you mean do I still have it around? You threw it out? Dude, I would have eaten that. You would have eaten somebody else's Dude, beef jerky? Dude, I'm a sucker for beef jerky, man. I don't know if I told you that. I love beef jerky. See, now that's what I'm talking about with the food that you guys brought on your trip. And you're telling us how, how you love beef jerky. But you got the turkey sandwich. I thought I was going to be hungrier. I'm just saying. I know, but I thought. But this thing, the first time I went with Mike, I actually brought beef jerky. But the it, first time I went out with him. I'm just then, saying, you know, like because originally when I asked you guys about the food, you act like I was getting like way off topic. No, <laughs> never. We never get off topic on this. So I suppose you ended up getting reds, right? We did. We ended up going five for eight on reds, which is pretty cool. And, uh, and I got to tell you, though, I actually saw something really cool that I did not know. What? I saw sheep's head on the flats out there in the glades. I didn't, know that, I didn't know that sheep's head were on the flats. I, you know, sheep's head are funny. I've seen sheep's head everywhere. I've seen them out in the ocean diving and, like, you know, offshore. Really? I've seen them in all the inlets. I've yeah. seen them in the intercoastal. Mm-hmm. I've seen them on the flats. Like, I'm trying to think of a... Of, well, I've never seen, like, a sheep's head on, like, a weed line or something. <laughs> well, that'd that, be really far. But that's about it. Otherwise, I think sheep's head pretty much go anywhere. I was just surprised that they're just out in the middle of nowhere. Did you throw a bait in front of any of them? We tried to. And what happened? They, they blew us right before, like, like, Mike rigged up a shrimp real quick. We tried to come around. They saw us, and they just bolted. And they were, and they were actually really big sheep's head, too. It's funny, you know... Um, you get on the flats and the freaking bonefish and the redfish and the permits. Everybody talks about how spooky they are and all that. Catching a sheep's head on the flats is freaking oh, damn near impossible. I couldn't believe catching I, a dude. The mutton snappers get on the flats. Now that I did know, it's rare. No, but I've they well, get they get up on the flats and they and they 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 roll around just like a freaking bonefish or a redfish would do. And they are spooky as balls. Like, you can't... I've never caught one on the flats. I've heard of a few people catching them. I wonder if Carl's ever caught one out there in Biscayne. Well, he catches them in Biscayne, but they, you catch them more like in the channels between the flats. I'm talking about the flats in Biscayne. I wonder if he's they, ever caught one. I'm sure he's seen them out there. I'm sure he's caught them over... You know, he's done hundreds and hundreds of trips. Yeah. But, um... You've never gotten one on the flats? A sheep's head? No, a um, uh, mutton snapper. No. Now, actually, have you ever caught a sheep's head on the flats? No. And I've seen them. Over and over and over again. Which flats have you seen the sheep's head on? I seen I seen the sheep's head out on uh, like when I went with Brian Sanders in Chuckaluski. In Chuckaluski out there, I seen them out in Port Charlotte, mm-hmm. out on those grass flats out there, and then even here in Fort Lauderdale, you know, in these stupid little you know like sandbars and stuff. You'll roll up on that sandbar, you know, like looking for mullet, and you'll spook a whole bunch of sheep's head. Really? Yeah. Sheep's head damn near go anywhere. But That's considering awesome. you were the shepherd, I figured you'd already known that. See, but I, this, it's like when you say, just when you think you know something, you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that that was kind of cool because I had never seen that before. Right. Um, you know, and one thing, here's the question I wanted to ask you, though. This is not too much off topic. It's kind of in line with this. So I told my buddy Alex, I just said, you know, Make sure you wear some protective gear out there on the flats because it started off, you know, kind of cool in the morning. It was like maybe like the mid-70s in the morning. It was beautiful, but it was a little chilly. And, dude, all of a sudden in the middle of the day, I mean, we were dying out there. Got hot bad. Dude, I was actually like, whoa. I mean, you so talk about what, like what did Alex have on? What was he wearing? So Homeboy had on like long pants, which is fine. What do you mean long pants? Like almost like – um. Uh, like sweatpants. Okay. Which, okay, I mean, they're light, but all right. And, but then he had like a jacket on like this that had a hood. He had a hoodie? 
like a hoodie, right? Because because I because I told him that I have one of those like UV shirts that has the hood, you know. But but his was like a heavy jacket, so homeboy was dying. And what did you wear? So I had one of those light UV shirts, that UV material shirts with a hoodie. I had a pair of board shorts. Had no, a I face buff. Brands, brands. You want brands? All yeah. right, Aftgo is what I was rolling. Okay, so you went, you went with the you went with the Marine tackle I went brands. with Aftgo. Yeah, and then so did Mike. Mike was actually sporting an Aftgo. Uh, Mike and I were kind of dressed similarly. Aftgo shirt. Yeah, and those are like the PFG style flat shirts, like that. It's not like a not like a not like a Columbia PFG button down. Not like that. It's more like you've seen how they got that because we you've made some shirts that light UV material. It's sun, just got like a, a hood. Sun shirt with a hood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he and I were sporting those. We had our face buffs, our sunglasses, and our hats. Alex didn't even have a hat, and he was saying, he's "Like, shoot, he's like, I think I should have brought a hat." Dude, you gotta like, you gotta hook your boy up with um, you gotta hook I him know, up with like man. one of them Patagonia magazines or something. You I know, know dude. He gets or... the correct fishing apparel. I mean, dude, you can't. There was probably dudes in the Publix line where you guys were getting your subs. They were like, what's this poor guy doing taking this guy fishing with that type of apparel on? Oh, I just, I didn't realize how heavy the jacket was until all of a sudden I looked at him because I, I was just like, like, dude, that's like a winter coat. He's like, dude, I'm dying right now. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, shoot. I said, next time, because I need to get one like yours. And I was like, yeah. I said, next time we're going to have to do some shopping before this. And you had a buff on. And I had a buff on. And he had no buff. And he didn't. And he said to, he's like, shoot, he's like, I wish I had a, one of those buffs too. Dude, when you, when you ask somebody that's never been fishing out there like that before. I didn't think it was going to be that hot. And then you show <laughs> up in full fly fishing apparel or flats fishing apparel and your poor dog is sitting there getting crushed. Uh, I, I guess you. Bad, I guess you live and you learn. You do live and you learn. You know, when you actually, when you guys were going out to the flats and, you know, Isla Morada and Biscayne Bay, what were you guys usually wearing? Because uh, I don't think they had face buffs back then, did they? I, I mean, I've never really done the face buff too much. I did a face buff when I went fishing with Brian Sanders out in Chukaleski in August. Yeah, you needed and, one. And we were going, we were going uh, in the middle of the day because they don't fish at night there hardly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we start as the sun was coming up. So I knew I was going to be frying out there. So I actually wore a face buff. But even then, the real reason I wore the face buff that day is because that was the day I got my hair cut. Is that the day that it happened? Yeah. Well, the, I went fishing the very next day after getting that short-ass haircut. I hadn't had a short haircut in 15 years. I was going to say, I like, it. I like you better with the long hair. And I had all that white you know, skin exposed behind my <laughs> neck and everything. <laughs> so if I didn't wear a buff... You would have looked like off. Off. I'd have killed myself. All the sunscreen in the world wouldn't have helped that skin. You know what I mean? And it, lo- it wouldn't have looked right either. It just looked a little weird. What do you mean? Just like how you're usually your your usual complexion, and all of a sudden you got like this giant like pale white on your neck. Yeah, dude, I look weird with the buff on. When I, I took remember the, when you had when that I took on. the pictures, I had those sporting those badass triple Permit. tails and permits, and people were like, "That's not Captain Jeff," because they were used to the hair. I was well, I was shocked because I had never seen you in a buff. Well, a, what now, but so what, what was it like wearing a buff? I mean, were you were, were you fine with it? You know, did you, did you feel like it was beneath you? Like, what did you what did you think? I felt like I fit in. Okay, like with all the other doofuses that wear buffs all the time. Yeah, and like I was like, well, you know, I would kind of like I would kind of like um, play it off because I fished at night, and you know, I'm fishing more of an Irving setting and everything. And I was like, you know, I don't really need to wear a buff, and I'd like make up excuses. So when I actually wore the buff. I felt like I fit in. Would you wear it again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're cool. As long as my hair's short, I'll wear it again. But I'm trying to let my hair grow as fast as I can. Yeah. I your was, hair grows slow. But I was kind of embarrassed. The, by the buff or the fact that your hair was short? Kind of like bu- the buff. I was kind of embarrassed. And reason being is because I wasn't like that familiar with the buff. Like it wasn't like I like, you know. Well, that like, was like the other guys are sporting the piss out of their buffs. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that. And then when I was wearing it, and I felt a little bit weird. Well, it's also weird, too, because that's like with the redfish that we always made fun of. Lamont made like, all the memes about that for a while, too, about <laughs> the face buffs. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. I did. I did feel like, you know, I feel like I fit in. And you actually feel a lot better. You don't not worried about your face, your face burning up either. You know? <laughs> 
And poor Alex. Again, you live and you learn. And Alex is wearing the buff. And now he didn't have the buff. But Mike had the buff, though. Mike had the Mike and I were dressed very similarly. The only difference is that Mike actually had pants on. You know, I had the board shorts on. My legs don't really burn that bad because I got all the hair on my legs. But, again, you live and you learn. And next time we go out with Mike, I'm going to make sure Alex is good to go. Yeah. So, so when you the next time you plan a trip with with your dog Alex, because it sounded like you had a good time. You sounded we had like a blast, Good dude. dude to be with and everything. Why don't you, like, you know, roll down to... Bass Pro. No, Dicks. not Bass Pro. Come on, man. Dicks. Not dicks. Where are we going? Well, I mean, like, if you have to go to Bass Pro or Dicks to get that type of apparel, come on. Like, support your local tackle shop or just ask me and I'll I'll hook him up with a sun shirt. I'll hook your dog up with a sun shirt. I'll get him a Lunker Dog shirt or That's something. That's true. And then all he has to get is the... Dude, have you ever thought about Lunker Dog buffs? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds like that's beneath you. It's not beneath me. It's that sounded like you were kind of looking down your nose a little bit there. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not a greedy person. You know what I mean? Those would sell like wildfire. They would not sell like wildfire, dude. Are you kidding me? With the you, way people sport buffs, you think they would sell better than the hats and the shirts? I wouldn't be surprised, dude. Maybe we should test it out, maybe for like a few months, and just see how it does. I tell you what. You figure out a place that does the buffs. Okay. We'll do a real guy podcast buff before we do a lunker dog buff. Okay. And then we'll give the buffs away as like a subscription type prize. Like, oh, yeah, you subscribe, you get a buff. Yeah. And we'll see how many people actually want the buff. And actually sport them in their pictures. Well, I, don't, I guess they would, I, would, I, would, I would bet that they would sport the buffs pretty, pretty good because they're sporting the piss out of the buffs they got. The um, one of those companies I want to say uh, Salt Armor. Salt or Under Armor. Salt Armor. I don't know if I've seen Salt Armor. Yeah, S A. It says on their thing. I but, don't think I've seen that one. But I think they give I think they give people actually free apparel if they sport their buff. Really? I think so. Maybe we should try that. We'll test it out. We're I'll gonna, tell Mike. We're just gonna be real guy podcast buff. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. The, uh, and speaking of sport and stuff, I mean, you know, that, that, that trip I don't think would have been complete without me getting that bonefish. I mean, Mike, you know, he and, – and again, that was, that was something where, you know, it was, you know it, was, it was tough conditions because you know, here's something else that I had never seen before. When we switched over to the flat over there in Isla Mirada – I mean, it was absolutely flat, calm. The water looked like a piece of glass. Yeah. Now, I had never fished for bonefish in those conditions before. And Carl, I remember, would always tell me, he was like, believe me, that's like the hardest situation to fish for the bones is when it's perfectly flat. But it was interesting because you'll see their wakes. Instead of just looking for puffs of dirt, you see them pushing. Right. That was pretty cool. I got to tell you, and, uh, and it, it, I'm interested to see what, what your response to this is. So I, I kind of pulled to you. What do you mean pulled to me? I pulled to you a little bit. So you, you know how like sometimes with the, with the clients when they're hooked up with the tarpon, you get a little fired up? Sometimes a little too fired up and the, they're not really sure how to take it. Do you think things got intense out there? A little bit. Let's just say that Mike saw a side of me and I kind of saw a side of me that I didn't even you know. You freaked out on Mike? Oh, I, yeah, I got a little intense. I got a little intense because, you know, I, I was hooked up with this big old bone. And, you know, it, it, first of all, I mean, you know. Did, did, you you, yell, did you yell at the guy? I may or may not have kind of screamed at him a little bit. You screamed at the guy. <laughs> so hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> you know, you got this big bone fish on your line. You know, it's, it's just kind of the target. You're, you're excited. Your adrenaline's going. You're in the moment. You get the thing to the boat, and you see how big it is. Right. And then the thing starts trying to go under the boat right. and trying to break you off. Right. And then the thing starts trying to go to the side of the boat, kind of, and you need, the, you need Mike to turn that boat. So, you know, I, I got a little excited, and I kind of, like, 
You were telling Mike to do it, what to do out there? No, but I was kind of basically telling him, like, oh, my gosh, watch out, watch out, watch out. And, you know, probably got a little more fired up than I probably needed to. And You feel bad about yelling at I felt at, bad about it. You felt it. bad about yelling at the guide. I felt bad about it because my buddy Alex said to me, he was like, he said to me after, he's like, Stephen, he goes, I never saw you so intense in my life. I said, what do you mean? He's like, dude, he goes, you were like beat red. He said, and your voice got ridiculously deep. He goes, I thought you were about to kill Mike. And I was like, oh, dude, I didn't mean that. He didn't take it personal either. He was like, because I kept apologizing like profusely to him too. I'm like, Mike, I'm so – he's like, dude, don't worry. But I get it, man. But I think he was kind of shocked too. He was like, whoa, 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 we're good, man. We're good. Don't worry about it. But, you know, again, it was just we, we worked really hard to get that bone. So you felt justified yelling at Mike? Not that I felt justified, but I just – he understood, you know, again, it's like it was a long day, you know, and you finally get a bonefish that big to the boat and, you know, and it's like trying to break you off. And it's like, dude, I'm going to be honest. I probably would have – would, you would have seen a grown man freaking cry. I would have been <laughs> like, Lord, take me now if that thing had broken me off. Um <laughs> But let me tell you, Mike was a champ, though, man. You know, he netted that fish, and we both freaking were jumping up and down, and he was all excited. I was, Alex was, Alex couldn't believe it. Alex never understood why I was so infatuated with bone fishing. When he saw that thing do its first run, I mean, he literally couldn't stop saying, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, well, what? He was like, Whoa, is that, that's what they do? I said, That's what they do. And I got to tell you, another really cool thing about it being flat calm that I'd never seen before is you see the line like going like basically Whipping cut through, through the, water. the water. Yeah, that's cool. It was incredible, man. Yeah, that's cool. And, you, you know. You got to see the um, you, you got to see the line rip through the water like that when you get like a 400-pound blue marlin. And what will happen is, is that he'll take a run straight away from the boat and then take a hard right or whatever. And there's this huge loop. And the friggin' angler's reeling his ass off as far as he can, and the <laughs> and the you know the marlin's still rolling as fast as he can, and the difference between the you know the the slack, and it's friggin' coming together. You can hear it going through the water. It was incredible. It's cool looking. Oh, Very I mean, cool. you see it slice, right. and I'd never seen that before. And and let me tell you, Island Marada, it's a little bit that flat's a little bit trickier though because you got the mangrove shoots, yeah, and you got the crab traps, yeah. So you got to make sure that you're also keeping that rod high enough, too, that he doesn't get you on this stuff. Yeah, no, there's a lot of technique to it. And, you know, it's, um, you know, you lose a lot of fish just because of, you know, the first time you catch one and you don't realize that that little mangrove shoot is there. So you don't raise your rod. And, um, you know, that's fishing. But um, I don't know. Between you not dressing your buddy up correctly and then yelling <laughs> at the guide. Mike, it's, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry again. <laughs> it, but it's it, but it, but it, but at least, at least, you guys got the fish, and now, that was. The, and and I think that was why Mike was like, oh, "We got it done." And um, you killed one redfish. We kept one red. And how are you going to cook that? My buddy, I let him cook it. My buddy Alex, because his wife was like, "You can't go on this trip without bringing me back one fish." What do you think the chances of them poaching that redfish? Do you know that you know how poaching works? Not really, but I know that uh, he ended up cooking it. Uh, he blackened it with a side of rice, Jamaica style. So they didn't poach it. They didn't poach it. Do you know the story about the poached redfish? No. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Wait, tell me the story. I want to hear this. Well, like years ago when we were down there fishing in Isla Mirada, um, I'm pulling the mon around one day, and he gets a nice redfish. Oh, is that when you guys like thought it was a bonefish or something like that? Well, we just figured it was a bonefish because we were out in bonefish flats, and I'd never really caught a redfish before. But I saw a little movement. We tossed it over there. What we thought was a, hopefully a bonefish ended up being a redfish. And really? we killed that bitch and brought it home. And then um, a friend of ours was, uh, oh, I love redfish. I know exactly how to cook it. And she poached the thing. How do you do that? That's kind of like a weird like half boil, half steaming it. And uh, it really wasn't that great. That doesn't even sound right. I don't even like poached eggs barely. Dude, it wasn't. It wasn't that great. But Lamont, to this day, is pretty upset about his redfish getting poached. 
You said that was a nice red, too, wasn't it? It's a beautiful red, probably around seven or eight pounds, just on the upper slot or whatever you call it. Yeah. And I uh, had plenty of meat on it. And um, like he was, he had a problem. And to this day, he has a hard problem swallowing that the one redfish that he ever killed, Nate, that the lady poached it. Because I was going to say, you guys didn't really catch many reds. That was the only one we ever caught. Are you serious? Yeah. After all, in all these years? That was the only one we ever saw. I mean, it's not like we went to Alamorada and then went over to look for uh, redfish. In the Everglades, right? Right. I mean, we're always fishing for bonefish. Yeah. In Biscayne Bay, there's a couple redfish in there. but you Not know, many. Not many. And then they kind of hang out in one little area if you want to go look for them, which we never did. <laughs> so, you know, we like never really... You didn't really go out of your way to look for them. Right, either. and then we never killed permit, and we never killed bonefish. Yeah. So poor Lamont bringing home that redfish, you know, <laughs> killing the thing, was kind of like a big deal. And it was like a lot of hype to it, at least for us. He should have gotten a skin mount of it. Well, he should have gotten a thing fried. I mean, everything tastes good fried. Well, yeah. Or we should have freaking got it blackened because that's blackened what it is on all, the, it's on all the restaurants. They get blackened redfish or whatever. Yeah. Or some sort of Cajun style or whatever. But yeah. anyway, Homeboy got his redfish poached, and I think it like it, that seriously damaged him you mentally. Know what I th- you know what I think we need to do? We need to reach out to some of the West Coasters like Ernst and Danny Peace and all those folks because they're catching reds all the time up there and ask them, like, you know, how do you guys cook your reds? Like, what's the best recipe? Dude, it's not a secret. Everybody, Just fry it? Everybody, yeah, everybody knows how to cook redfish. And that's what the big issue is with Lamont's redfish is it got poached. And he's never wanted to try to redeem himself, like go and catch another one so to cook it properly? Try to have that conversation with him. It's hard. I'm going to have to talk with him about that. I might, I might keep one next time just to bring back to him and have it cooked the right way. Don't hurt his feelings. I would never. I would never. Well, when you bring up somebody's redfish, and it was their only redfish, and then you know, like, how are you going to do it? Are you going to just, like, straight up let him know that you know that somebody poached his redfish? No, I'll kind of lead into it. I'll be like, you know, Jeff was actually telling me that, you know, just, you guys caught a redfish, hey, and just, just did be, you guys keep it? Just be softer with him than you were with your fishing buddy. Yes. And uh, you or were with, with the fishing guy. <laughs> because uh, now that I, you know, see how you roll. I mean, I like, mean listen, bonefish have that effect on me. I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, again, it was it was firsts. I'd never had a bonefish try to do that to me before. I'm I mean, not, I'd say I've caught a ton of them, but I was like, I, I never had one try that, you know, that relentlessly to either get me under the boat or something like that, or get me around the boat. So I, the, the thing I've... The well, you should I've, just count your blessings that you didn't get Mike all fired up. I know, right? I mean, what would happen if, like, you know... The both of us were fired up. Well, we probably would have lost the fish. You think you could take Mike? Hell no. So you think Mike... You think you might be in a really bad situation because you think Mike, Mike probably could knock you out. Dude, and he had the push pole. All he would have had to do is take that freaking thing and knock me upside the head, and that would have been it. <laughs> I would have been out the rest of the trip, and he could have gotten home all quiet and not had to hear me scream. <laughs> He would have had to hear me cry when I woke back up. <laughs> well, Busaka, you know, you're going to get uh, you're going to get better at um, doing guided trips. You know, yep. just think about all the stuff that you learned. You know, everybody thinks like when you did a big um, trip like this, like you're going to learn so much about the fishing. I'm not saying you didn't learn a lot about the fishing, but the food. Yep. Right, being a little bland with the food. Now you know about the. Size of beef jerky that, you know. I can get. Like, if you want to sport your beef jerky. Yeah. Yeah, I would do like the guy from Texas. <laughs> okay. And then you. The apparel. Sure, right. You want to clothe your friend correctly. Yeah. That's the correct thing to do. And then you don't want to pick a fight with the guide. I wasn't picking a fight with him. I was just like, I could. I was just like, oh, my gosh, look out. So anyway, as, like I said, you'll get better. We're going to get better. But, Hard to um, get better than uh, the fish that you guys caught. You guys got in the reds, and you got that freaking really nice bone. Yeah, and man. And we're all real proud of you, just so you know. Buzaka. I appreciate that, man. I want to say, you know, again, I want to give a big shout-out and thank you to Mike. You know, well, you know, what comes around goes around. Yeah. Mike donated the trip. And that was how – I didn't even know about him until that trip. Right. He donates the trip. We raised some money for Capitals for Clean Waters and the CCA. You do the trip. Mm-hmm. You like Mike. Mike's service is freaking a great service. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is now he gains a client. So now you're paying Mike. Yep. And that's what I mean. Mike does a good thing. Some good things happen to him. Yep. And I already told him. I said, we're already talking about Alex and I are actually talking about our next trip with him. And guess what we're thinking about doing? What's that? Tarpon. Tarpon. We're thinking about doing tarpon in the Keys. Are you going to pay somebody to do tarpon? You should pay me. I know. 
I know, but you're always so busy. Well, dude, that's because people pay me. I know. You want to get on the schedule. It's just that easy. I know. I know. But no, it's just, I got to tell you, though, seeing the keys, you know, it, it's just, it really is breathtaking. I know it's like the most cliche thing to say, but there's something about catching all these different fish in this kind of environment that makes it that much more special. You're not going to turn into like a Jimmy Buffett fucker, are you? Well, what do you mean? Well, like, you know, this is how it starts. Guy that has a good office job, you know, he's freaking doing the right thing. He gets hooked on, you know, first, you know, he's into sheep's head. Then he's catching some snooks and stuff. And then he catches a bonefish. Next thing you know, he's hanging out in Isla Mirada. Now your next step after Isla Mirada would be to start hanging around in Key West. No, I don't do Key West. Yeah. I don't do Key West. Dude, one step at a time. And then you quit your job. And then you find a little place down in the Keys. Oh, yeah, I found a trailer or something. And then the next thing you know is you're hanging out at these bars telling fish stories in the friggin' right apparel with your, <laughs> with, your, with, your rac, with your raccoon suntan. You mean like the one that you're sporting right now? Well, you're trying to mix in with the guides and everything. <laughs> and then next thing you know is you turn into like this Hemingway son of a bitch that don't like you know, drinking too much and doesn't clean all the time. And your beard starts to get white and then you're one of them. That's the that was, no, that's, that's, that's That's the evolution of it, you know. That's not where I'm headed, though. That's not what. That's not what the goal is. <laughs> but I tell you what, if I can get a tarpon, if Mike and I, if Mike can get me a tarpon down in the Keys, I mean that'd be pretty awesome. Dude, you go down to the Keys in friggin' April and May or whatever, when all those tarpon are there, they're sitting there by the thousands. It's not like, um, you know, the guide can't put you on them. You're it's gonna, gonna be me to have to catch it. Yeah. But the good thing is, hanging out around you, you know, I've learned a lot, so. I'm just going to take everything you've taught me about tarpon fishing and see if we can make it happen. You'll get it done. Yeah, man. Anyway. All right. Good episode. Congratulations. We're all real proud of you. Thanks, brother. And And thank um, you to Mike. Yeah. Big thanks to Mike. Dude, you should bring the Jamaican kid over for a podcast. I should do that. I should ask Alex if he wants to do it one night. And if if he listens to this podcast and he finds out how bad you abused him, you think he's, he's really going to want to talk. Right. I just he's going to be like, you don't even know the half of it. Well, maybe he'll, maybe he'll give you a whack by the head like Mike should have. I know. He'll be like, Mike, give me that push pull for a second. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> anyway, good episode, Busaka. Run awesome. that dog, pal. Run that dog, y'all.